politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, liberty, property, our right to breathe and remain as sentient human beings. Here to see our podcast, this is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here today for Tuesday. And I'm telling you, folks, when our founders fought the British King George, they weren't dealing with people who would concoct poison and seamlessly create a system throughout society to embed that poison in the arm of every baby born. I am shocked that here we are, three years into this mass genocide. Steve Kirsch has a piece out estimating 675,000 deaths from the COVID shots. But even if you believe it's more like four or 500,000, this shocks the consciousness. Everyone involved belongs in jail should be executed. Yet, here they are, the very same makers, manufacturers, committees in the FDA and CDC approving it, pushing RSV shots on babies. So we're going to have Dr. Merrill Nass give us the latest update on the latest RSV shot approved. But I want to first set the table on what has been approved, what they're doing. And I just want to note, every Republican talks about abortion. You have Mike Pence saying, you know, when, when uh, DeSantis indicated that he would, you know, appoint RFK Jr. to some sort of position to go after CDC and NIH, FDA, and he's like, I wouldn't appoint anyone who's not pro-life. And I'm thinking, USOB, you created the pro-death COVID committee task force that did this. And this is the problem. Every Republican's like, I'm, I'm against abortion. But what if I told you there's a type of abortion that you would go to a doctor and the doctor would say, I have a procedure for you that's really going to enhance the health of your baby. In fact, it's indispensable to the health of your baby. And then you come out, you, you get the procedure and you come out and your baby's dead. They kill your baby. At the end of the day, anyone going for an abortion knows what they're doing. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't mean we shouldn't fight it. But what I'm saying is nobody... There's informed consent. Everyone knows nowadays, especially, what you're doing. Here, you go to any doctor, any pharmacy, and people don't know. They don't study this. And they say, RSV is going around. Here's your RSV shot. Here's your flu shot. Here's your COVID shot. Every pregnant woman is going to get those three shots. The amount of inflammation that that will create in the baby is unconscionable. It's Joseph Mengele if he had control of the entire world. And yet almost no Republican cares about this. This is a bigger pro-life issue. It's a bigger pro-life issue because it's unavoidable. It's a bigger pro-life issue because it is being sold to the public as saving your baby and saving your children. It is more ubiquitous than abortion. And yet there is no backstop to it. So I want to go through what we know on, on the RSV shots, and then we'll bring in the expertise of Dr. Ness. First, we have a brand new sponsor. You know, look, as we try to eat better, and I myself am really trying to avoid a lot of sugar and carbs, we have a new sponsor, Magic Spoon Cereal. I, I, I start off with this struggling with my kids. So they're very picky to begin with, and then all the cereals are sugary, 
And then even the ones that aren't are full of carbs. And a lot of things I grew up with thinking, oh, that's healthy. Well, it's full of carbs. Well, what else did you? Well, you have toast for breakfast. Okay, that's a bunch of carbs. So Magic Spoon, it's a, they have a variety pack of four flavors that I've gotten. They have even more on their website, Cocoa Fruity Frosted and Peanut Butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, zero, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five net grams of carbs. So much lower, only 140 calories a serving. It's high protein, has zero grams of sugar. Again, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free. My favorite is actually the peanut butter, especially if you mix it with the cocoa. Those two you can mix together. I'll be honest with you. I mean, it tastes better than sugar. And it's not like, you know, it has the aspartame stuff, which, uh, you know, that's cancerous. It doesn't have stevia, which at least in my view tastes nauseating. It's wholesome, fueling, and high quality and really tastes delicious. It tastes amazing. Uh, My older kid basically uh, ate my first box that I had. He's obsessed with it now, and I think uh, your kids would love this. Again, much higher quality and wholesome than what you're going to get. So if you want what I have, go to magicspoon.com slash conservative. It's one word, magicspoon.com slash conservative, to grab a variety pack and try it today. Uh, Be sure to put in promo code conservative. So you have the URL is magicspoon.com conservative, and then promo code conservative to save $5 off your order and they're so confident about their product, they will give you 100% back. If you're not happy, you're like, I think it tastes like garbage. I don't like it. And you don't have to send back and repackage the food. You know, They're not going to bother with that. You just, you just contact them and say you don't like it. They'll give you a refund. So again, remember, get your next delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com conservative and use promo code conservative to save $5 off. So folks, let's... um. Let's just review where we are because this gets very confusing. They have a vaccine jihad they unleashed on us. So they approved GSK's senior shot for RSV, Pfizer's senior shot. They approved Pfizer's pregnant women shot. And now they approved AstraZeneca and Sanofi's monoclonal antibody being used preemptively like a vaccine for newborn babies. So remember, after everything we've gone through to learn that respiratory viral vaccines don't work and they're associated with waning efficacy, Dr. Fauci wrote a paper in Cell Publication in January on this point. He said we need next generation. RSV, flu, right, doesn't work. Last season's flu shot, 14% effective. Okay, 14% effective, and that's their own fake data. We've learned nothing. Original antigenic sin, antibody-dependent disease enhancement. We haven't had an RSV shot, despite knowing that, you know, it could cause hospitalization for infants for 60 years. It failed in the 1960s because it made them sicker, and this is very important. Because we saw this with COVID, that when you misfire and you give inappropriate antibodies, you're actually more vulnerable to respiratory viruses because it has your body respond in a backhanded way, if not a Trojan horse way. So first they started with GSK for seniors and Pfizer for seniors. Right off the bat, why the rush? 
basically a year's worth of development. Done. So again, warp speed is not an anomaly. It's a new paradigm. And Trump is sticking by it. It's not something like, yeah, I disagree with him, but let's move on. This is a permanent fixture. They're going to do this with RSV, Dengue, Zika, you name it. It's an unlimited amount that they're going to push on us. So right off the bat, why would you rush it for anyone? There's no need. Seniors, there's certainly no need. Why would you do it for seniors? Right off the bat, according to FDA's briefing documents, there's a problem with Guillain-Barre. One, one in 7,000, and, and that's bad, but when they say that, it means like more like one in 500. Also, in the phase 1-2 of the trials, Pfizer RSV shot among a younger cohort, 18 to 49. See, they didn't approve that yet. They found one death among 164 participants in the group getting 120 micrograms. <laughs> you already had a death after 164. Now, the game they play is they have a bunch of different brands, GSK, Sanofi, Pfizer, this and that. They're all kind of similar. Then they have a bunch of different cohorts, younger, older, pregnant women, babies. And they isolate the problems with each one and don't talk about it at the briefing and approval of the other one. When logically, once you find a signal in one, you have to assume, unless you could prove definitively otherwise, it's going to be in all of them. But no problem. GSK's senior shot, members of CDC's advisory committee raised concerns that, quote, it can overstimulate the immune system, which is why it is only used for the elderly or immunocompromised. Okay, well, what else did we just learn about overstimulating the immune system? Oh, that's right. All of these neuropathies, all of these allergic attacks, all these autoimmune. So we're only going to do it on seniors. But two things. First of all, if it's a problem of overstimulation, it's a problem for everyone. How could he do it? And then they're making it seem like senior as well. The, the, the risk is worth it because, no, RSV is not like COVID. Seniors are less vulnerable to RSV than babies. This is unreal. Unreal. Then they raise concerns about the efficacy. The efficacy is a joke because what senior gets seriously ill about it? Dr. Stephen Pergam, one of the committee members, said these were very stable patients, very selected to be healthy, that produced good immune responses, but were really not the ones that have the efficacy endpoints that are so necessary for decision-making. They do it anyway. What about the pregnancy shot? GSK's pregnancy shot had to be pulled from the market because a woman died of acute disseminated encephalomyelitis 22 days after the vaccination, and even GSK and the regulators admitted it was likely from the shot, so they pulled it. They also found a 6.8% rate of preterm births in the trial group compared to just 4.9% in placebo. The rate of neonatal deaths was double. Okay? So the British Medical Journal warned ahead of the FDA's approval of Pfizer. said, wait a minute, GSK's pregnant shot is pretty much the same, and it had this death, it had these preterm births, the neonatal deaths, isn't Pfizer likely going to have that same problem? And indeed, Pfizer does. Um, Pfizer reported 
a 2.6% premature births in placebo, but a 5.3% in the trial group. Okay? But they approved it anyway. In a couple months, Moderna's mRNA version for seniors will be approved, even though it openly shows 200 adverse events and 10 serious ones per one mild case avoided. And by the way, none of these things stop transmission. And even if you believe there are 70-80% efficacy on critical illness, even if it were true, which it's likely not, it would be for two months, and then they're going to constantly have to get boosters because it's going to have negative efficacy, the same thing as COVID. But we learn nothing. We learn nothing. I, I, I just, I cannot believe we are doing this. After we have pregnant women, see, this is the thing. Pregnant women are the most likely to be scared into getting this stuff. They're going to get all this stuff on top of all the existing ones, all exempt from liability. How is this not worse than a forced abortion? Look at the birth rates following the COVID shots. If you tell me you care about abortion and you're pro-life and you don't care about this, you're not pro-life. So Mike Pence could wax poetic about abortion all he wants, but he is pro-death, and so is the case of 95% of Republicans. Now first, our next sponsor is Patriot Mobile. Look, every day we hear another brand we grew up with going woke, breaking our hearts. Woke mobile companies are no different. For years, they've been dumping millions into liberal causes. They're also embedded with the Chinese. Patriot Mobile is America's only American and certainly Christian conservative wireless provider offering dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you can get the best possible service minus the leftist propaganda. And here's the deal. You go to patriotmobile.com slash CR or call their 100% English-speaking customer service hotline 878-PATRIOT, 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with offer code CR, and you don't have to change your number, your phone. It's it's seamless. They they make it very easy for you. And rather than funding um, things like abortion and Pfizer, they fund Second Amendment litigation, religious freedom, sanctity of life. So again, go to PatriotMobile.com/CR or call eight seven eight to make eight seven eight Patriot to make the switch today. It's time to stop funding those who hate us. So folks. I'm pulling my hair out. How we're like, they're going to do this again. And literally, in warp speed, they do it again. We have nobody speaking out against this. No backstop. Every kid that goes into the doctor's office, they're going to, because now they approve this monoclonal shot for kids, they're going to push it on them. Every pregnant woman, every senior, all three. And again, we have a generation full of inflammation, autoimmune when you put in misfiring respiratory viral antibodies from COVID, RSV, and flu, that is a forced abortion to the living. Look, I'm not going to speak for Christians, but I'm against abortion. It's murder, but it's certainly murder if you're live born and you're, you know, an adult, you're living outside the womb. You know, pro-life is more than just, let's not just virtue signal and just be stuck on every second. All we talk about is abortion. My whole life. There's so many greater ways they've moved on to destroying our life, liberty, and property. 
So I'm sick of, you know, 99% of Republicans claim to be pro-life. But 95% of them are, in fact, pro-death. They are totally in with this agenda. And we're going to nominate the man who is praising the framework through which they are unleashing, on top of the 72 shots that are already around, an unlimited new number of shots that are openly problematic. That are openly problematic. This is this is truly unbelievable. So I want to come back to the RSV shots. And, and look, you know, you have today the election in Ohio, issue one, which is going to make, you know, put a 60% threshold to create constitutional amendments in the state. It's designed at ensuring if they want to put an amendment later on in the election to enshrine abortion into the Constitution, they would need a 60% vote. It's a big fight, and it's an important fight. We'll see what happens tomorrow. You also have the elections in Mississippi today, Chris McDaniel for lieutenant governor, um, as well as some critical state legislative races we'll cover tomorrow. But again, this is a bigger deal. Every one of you in this audience, you have the ability to avoid getting an abortion. You don't have the ability to avoid the child immunization schedule. I can't even find a pediatrician. You know, my, my daughter, three, three years old, we haven't gone for a wellness checkup in two years because I don't know where to take her. We've gone from one to another. They're going to harass the heck out of us and they kick you out of the practice if you don't get the shots. The, the ever-growing litany of them. You know, I've, I've done it for all my first three kids and I've done the bulk of them the first year for her. But I'm like, wait a minute, I, I need to get my bearings here. There is no greater issue than this. Let me tell you that. Every baby born is just totally demolished with dozens of these things that the more time comes out, the more we see they never had real placebo groups with all these problems. And there's certain types that we know for sure are poison shots. And you can't avoid them. And they are just getting started with warp speed. And we don't have a movement in place to stop this. To at least appoint a committee. To give an overview for the rationale and the safety of each one of these. And this is happening. I don't know, some of you might have heard the clips. In Australia, the Senate there held a hearing with Australian reps for Pfizer and Moderna. And a couple of the conservative uh, you know, mem- members of parliament, they totally denuded these people. And in front of everyone, they're like, yeah, we don't have answers, basic questions. And I'm thinking, how does Kevin McCarthy not holding, hold a hearing like that here and then act upon it in the budget bill? Senator Matt Canavan Ask a question. Did Pfizer test whether the COVID vaccine could stop or reduce transmission of the virus before its approval and rollout in late 2020? Pfizer Australia's medical director, Krishan Theroux, wouldn't answer it. To bring this vaccine to patients who are required to show that the vaccines were safe and effective. That's all he said. So he said, what do you mean? Burla said that it was not certain if vaccinated people could catch the spread, but he kept Repeating the mantra, the vaccine is safe and effective. It's like four legs good, two legs bad. 
And um, he asked, what evidence did Pfizer have to make that public statement to apply vaccination could stop transmission? And he pled ignorance, saying he was not familiar with the context of the tweets. I'll have to look at it later. <laughs> Canavan explained that the federal and state governments had imposed vaccine mandates based on the evidence and advice from the manufacturers that claimed that they stopped the spread. And it was a complete lie. To this day, not only are we not putting them in jail and suspending the COVID shots, we're creating new COVID f- shots for the fall and now approving Pfizer's RSV shots and many, many more down the pipeline. Um, Canavan also pointed to the uh, Daughtry modeling report submitted to the National Cabinet in November 2021 that underpinned the government's decision to impose mandates but again, the Pfizer guy said, I can't answer that question. And um, that was it. Senator Gerard Rennick talked about the claim that it was 100% effective in preventing COVID-19. And he just said, we strongly believe and we reiterate that the vaccine is safe and effective. <laughs> like, refused to answer the question. Senator Rennick proceeded to read out TGA, that's uh, Australia FDA, uh, their non-clinical report listing all the safety studies in animals that were not carried out prior to testing in humans. Despite assurances that no corners were cut, there were no carcinogenic tests, um, genotoxicity tests, immunotoxicity, duration studies, um, interaction studies with other medicines. Throw answered, I don't have that report in front of me, so I'm afraid I can't speak to that. When Rennick asked directly if any studies were omitted or circumvented entirely to achieve the accelerated timeline, he said the process was thorough and comprehensive. When Senator Rennick asked if Pfizer had determined the mechanism of action for myocarditis, pericarditis, some of you might have heard the clip. I don't have time to play it. But he's like, we have strong confidence in its safety. So he said, I want you to explain what causes it. What is the mechanism of action? And he says, myocarditis is rare. So I understand, but explain to me how how it works. And he refused to answer. And he and he cited the frame, Freeman reanalysis that found um, serious AEs one in eight hundred. Actually, it's it's much more common than that. I believe the death rate is one in a thousand. Serious AEs are are more like you know two in a hundred. I'd say one in fifty or so. But you know one in eight hundred. And uh, he he wouldn't answer. Wouldn't answer. Senator Pauline Hansen quoted the Freeman reanalysis, found 36% increase in serious adverse events, coagulation disorders, including thrombosis, acute cardiac injury. Thoreau said, I do not have a copy of your paper. I've not examined it. The benefit-risk ratio for vaccination remains strongly positive. And on and on. And basically, they talked about, don't you, how do you have data on pregnant women? You don't have it. Well, the College of OBGYNs recommends it. That's what they would do. Our allies that are bought off, that we literally, Pfizer literally gives them money to promote it, they say it's safe. How in the world could we go on like this? There is no other side to this. They're not even denying it at this point. And we are nowhere closer to the Republican Party even taking a baby step towards redressing this than we were two years ago. And I promise you, we will never get there if you nominate Trump to the party. 
If you're someone that this is a big issue, but I'm voting for Meta Trump, then I think you got too many COVID shots, or maybe it shed on you, and it caused neurological inflammation. There's one other story I just want to share before Dr. Merrill. This is from Principia Scientific International. NIH-funded study just vaccinated a human using genetically modified mosquitoes. We've heard a lot about that. A box full of genetically modified mosquitoes successfully vaccinated a human against malaria in a trial funded by the NIH. It's a real study. It involved 200 hungry mosquitoes biting a human subject's arm. Human participants placed their arms directly over this box full of mosquitoes. We use the mosquitoes like they're a thousand small flying syringes, said researcher Dr. Sean Murphy, reported by NPR. Three to five vaccinations took place over 30-day intervals. Mosquitoes gave minor versions of malaria that didn't make people sick, but gave them antibodies. There's talk about some malaria outbreaks in Texas and, and Florida. We know they have mosquito, Bill Gates has mosquito factories. This is not some sort of conspiracy. They are working on this. Now, why would they work on this? This is a version of one thing we warn about in our book, Steve Dace and I, Rise of the Fourth Reich, self-spreading vaccines. So right now, they make it that there's no enlightened consent. Anyone who go, takes their kid to the doctor, pregnant woman, senior, they're going to bombard you. There's school mandates and a bunch of shots. They already started the framework for mandates and did do it with COVID to work, and they're going to likely continue doing that in the future. What if you say, okay, I could avoid that? All right, I, I'll set up my life in a way that I can avoid it. They are working on self-spreading vaccines. That is not conjecture. That's out in the open. It's not a conspiracy. They're proud about it. They're working on it. Okay? Imagine if you had a mechanism, like, there's too many babies in the world, so we need 20% abortion. We're going to, like, put something in the air to cause a chemical abortion. Wouldn't you think that would be the top issue? So here we have forced vaccination. Now, I'm just adding that in for the icing on top, the self-spreading, but I'm moving back from that now. It just, just putting that aside, just what we know they've done, it's tantamount to a forced vaccine. It is very hard for a pregnant woman to get an OBG and avoid it, and that's if they want to. A lot of them, you can't blame them. If you're a pregnant woman, they say... Kids are, babies are very vulnerable to RSV, which on some level is true, but almost all of them get over it with a nebulizer, we have treatment for it, and they bombard you with RSV now on top of all these other shots they're making pregnant women get. How is that not the biggest pro-life issue of our time? It is. It is. And I want, I want to continue this discussion, particularly with babies, vaccines and babies with Dr. Merrill Nass. So, folks, today's interview is sponsored by our friends at Chase Medical. Again, very appropriately, as these people are thrusting upon you therapeutics you don't need and don't want, well, what about the ones you do want and need and can't get a hold of? The supply chain shortages are insane. It's only going to get worse. Um, whether that's done on purpose or not, I don't know, but things like diabetes drugs, mental health, blood pressure. What are you going to do when you're in a pinch and you can't get it? Well, Jace Medical 
will guarantee you a backup supply of 12 months of all of your vital medications that you currently have prescriptions for. They have a pharmacy attached, uh, doctors attached to their pharmacy. So you go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com, put in promo code review at checkout for a quick discount. And it takes about 10 minutes. They have to make sure you're not contraindicated so they can give you a valid prescription. Once you are approved, they will back it up. We, we had a listener who got five annual scripts annual for a total of 256 bucks. Make sure you get the peace of mind taking in your hands your own medical decisions that this long-term supply of your vital meds can't be overstated. J-A-S-E-Medical.com, offer code REVIEW. Okay, so we talked about the fact that there's a GSK and a Pfizer senior RSV shot. Then there's the Pfizer pregnant shot, even though the GSK pregnancy shot was shot down because someone died in the group and, you know, there were neonatal deaths, there were preterm uh, births, but that's all good. Pfizer's basically the same, so, you know, Pfizer's king, GSK's in Europe, but Pfizer is, you know, brought to you by Pfizer, uh, so we, we're not going to turn anything down. But now, okay, so they give pregnant women the Pfizer shot. Then you have a baby born. Now, they'll say, oh, it's going to convey immunity. Well, no, they got the baby cover, too. So now AstraZeneca and Sanofi came out with this new monoclonal antibody shot. Now, some of you might know monoclonal antibodies is like a therapeutic, but they're treating it uh, as, as a vaccine to preemptively give to every baby from one day old. And it's all good. And prima facie, there are problems with it, including all-cause deaths from all their trials so far, 12 deaths in the trial and four in the placebo. Awesome. Let's go and approve it. And indeed, our government just did. So with us to discuss this and more is Dr. Merrill Nass, served as 42 years as an internist, really, I mean, treated so many COVID patients and, and now is suffering, losing her medical license in Maine because of it. She's starting a great new organization, a lot of ground to cover. Dr. Ness, welcome back. So glad to have you back here at Blaze Media today. I always love talking to you, Daniel. So for, first off, before we go, I just want to, I really want to make sure we get this. Could you just give a brief overview of your new organization and how people could find out about it? Sure. Um, so I've started a new organization to fight the WHO's attempt at taking over sovereignty from all the nations whenever it chooses to declare a public health emergency of international concern. And by the way, after the WHO started that, the UN jumped in and it has issued a report saying it wants to be able to manage other international shocks including black swan events, which means potentially anything, and including climate emergencies. So these international organizations um, are a threat to individual nations. And so we, we have started an organization called Door to Freedom. Website is doortofreedom.org. And our efforts are designed to inform people about this to also and and as we move forward, begin um, working on actions to stop it. It should be known that 49 members of Congress, all Republicans, have actually co-sponsored a bill to defund and get out of the WHO for this very reason. 
So we want to support them. We also want to get all the other congressmen on board understanding what's going on. So our website has um, very short two-minute articles about all of these subjects, the WHO documents, the UN, and everything else that's going on in our world now, like transgenderism, transhumanism, climate, so-called emergency, etc., and we're trying to give you factual information on that, not not biased, as best we can provide. Um, so to help people learn or find more resources to learn about all the subjects and this great reset that um, elites, global elites, are trying to impose on the world. Yep, and, and it goes up until including the lives of your babies. So now we have this monoclonal shot. I've never heard of monoclonals being given preemptively to everyone, much less to newborn babies. Tell us about the shot and the circumstances of its approval. Yeah. So what a monoclonal antibody is, is is basically cells are created like plasma cells in a human, but they're made from animal cells to produce antibodies that are similar to what your body would produce if you had an infection. Now, if you are a baby and you have an RSV infection, it might take you a couple of weeks or longer, because babies don't have a well-developed immune system, to produce antibodies against RSV, which is a respiratory syncytial virus. It's very common. In most people, it causes a cold. That's it. But in some babies, it causes a a serious or a very unpleasant respiratory illness with bronchiolitis or pneumonia, and they wind up in the hospital. Now, they wind up in the hospital, they need oxygen, they may need other supportive care, but but then they go home and they're fine in general. This illness only kills 25 babies a year in the United States. So that's a very small number. Um, it's, it's not nowhere near the top 10 killers of babies. So, but it does cause some hospitalizations. So what um, companies decided to do, possibly particularly because the NIH had developed uh, an antigen that, that is being used now in, in these other products, in all these products, the N- Fauci's NIAID will be getting royalties from these products because they are using something developed there. Okay. So many companies signed on, you know, made some sort of public private partnership with the NIH to obtain their antigen and then created these products. And basically once they did that, they were guaranteed because they were partnering with the federal government that they would get their products approved by the FDA and rolled out to the public. So now, as you said, we have two different uh, vaccines for the elderly that don't work very well, may, may work for a year or two or not even that long. We have no idea how many elderly people die from this infection that usually causes a cold. Um, we don't know if they need it. And we know that the vaccine is very expensive. It's about $300 a dose for the elders. But now that all the elders will be told to get it when they go to the doctor. Um, also, a vaccine is, um, well, well, elders, if you're over 65, almost everybody is on Medicare. And so that that is a question. The, the, the doctors uh, at CDC and FDA want to know who is going to pay for it. Will it be covered by the federal government? Um, and 
so it could take time. It can take up to about 22 months for the feds and the private insurance companies to cover it once it is recommended by the CDC. But I'm sure the federal government is going to be working based on what I heard at these, you know, when I listened in to these meetings and blogged them. They're going to be making every effort to have the federal government pay for these things. Now, are any of Uh, these on the market yet? They've gotten full approval. Are they like being used yet? I would suspect that the adult vaccines are being used already. Um, whether nirsevimab is being used, um, the the day about what was it about two weeks ago when the CDC had its meeting about the rollout, they the members of the advisory committee voted unanimously in favor, and that same night, Mandy Cohen, the new director of the CDC, approved it. So nirsevimab could be used right now in newborns. Now, so. Anyway, this is a, a sort of an unusual product. As I said, it's made in animal cells. This nirsevimab, this monoclonal antibody, is made in uh, hamster ovary cells. Nice. And is, in, and is injected into babies like the hepatitis B vaccine the day they are born. That's the goal. The day they're now born. So the- they have the hep B, which is very problematic based on the trial data. So we have another yeah. one with trial data that... So I'm seeing, and, and you know, this was publicly reported, 12 deaths in the trial group or all the trial groups. They had several of them um, compared to four in total in the placebo. So I'm just reading this. I want to get your comment on this. I want you to give us your expertise. So in general, what they've been doing is the principle used to be guilty until proven innocent, right? Something you have to pr- affirmatively prove it safe, especially a new product on, on babies. Um, but now it's the opposite. So... You have 12 of them. Now, I look. So one had a, they say, died of a skull fracture. Okay. But then I see four died of cardiac disease, two of gastroenteritis, two of unknown causes, um, but were likely SIDS. Well, what, you know, what's sudden infant death syndrome? You know, we have some questions about what that is now. They say one had a tumor, one died of COVID, and one died of pneumonia. Now, Dr. Ness, one thing I've learned from COVID and original antigenic sin and the history of RSV with antibody-dependent disease enhancement is that when you have a misfiring of antibodies, you are likely to get more COVID-type illness or pneumonia-like illness. Um, And we saw that in the Pfizer and Moderna toddler COVID trials that they're more likely to get RSV. So I look at this and I see, you know, Respiratory viruses, uh, pneumonia, some heart, and then two SIDS. How do you conclude that that's not from um, the shot? And what's the likelihood that you would have a much higher rate of all-cause deaths in the trial than the placebo? Okay, I want to say a few different things. <laughs> it's a long question. First of all, there were fewer people in the fewer babies in the placebo group, so it's not it wasn't three times as many deaths, but maybe about one and a half times as many deaths in the babies that got this new drug, um, this monoclonal antibody. Now, monoclonal antibodies in general have caused a great deal of side effects when given to adults. They're not given very often. They're given for uh, people with autoimmune diseases generally or of certain cancers they can be used in. So they're not, they're not a routine drug. Um, and 
they shouldn't be thought of as being just another drug. This is an injection of antibodies made in an animal. You, it is acknowledged that babies, newborns had anaphylactic reactions to it and rashes to it. So they were already, um, you know, allergic to some of the products in it. Now, the thing, I don't want to give you kudos about the antibody issue of the fact that they have so many antibodies that may, you know, because they're being injected with them, that may well be a problem, but that has not been explored yet. So yeah. I, so I don't want to talk about it. Um, instead, I think it's worthwhile to look at the COVID vaccines and say, well, what are the side effects? And as you know, the really the only side effects that the government will acknowledge are myocarditis and anaphylaxis. And yet we have all these people dropping dead with uh, cardiac arrests, uh, strokes, other uh, um, aortic rupture and uh, pulmonary emboli, other blood clotting abnormalities. And, you know, we basically make a very strong assumption that those are due to the shot because that we know the shot causes blood clots and we know the shot causes damage to the, the vet lining of the blood vessels. And uh, we know it's, it's causing sudden deaths due to myocarditis. So we know that, but the government, the label, the FDA yep. are not admitting yep. it. Okay, so what, what, and when a drug or vaccine, or in this case, a monoclonal antibody, which is a bio, really a biologic, um, and the government is waffling about what they're calling it because they want to put it into programs where it has no li- where the manufacturer and the government have no liability. Um, and so they have to call it a vaccine in order to get it into those programs. But it's really a biologic drug. So, um, and of course, it can't back, stop transmission. <laughs> well, um, I don't think that was looked at. That's that's a good point. <laughs> but of course, it's it's a disease that usually causes a cold, so, and that's why it's severe in these babies because they have very very narrow airways, and so it's easy to clog them up. Um, it's easy, you know, if the lining of the airway becomes inflamed, they have a hard time breathing. Uh, just like with whooping cough. Anyway. You're supposed to be able to figure out during the clinical trials what are the side effects of a drug or a vaccine. That wasn't done. The FDA has become very lax. And so they make an assumption that the people who are conducting these clinical trials judged. Judged means guessed. Judged that the side effects were not due to the to nirsevimab, the monoclonal antibody. Now, how can they judge that unless they already have a clinical trial that has said that those side effects, for instance, two of these babies died with a gastrointestinal problem. Where's the clinical trial that says gastrointestinal problems are not related to the monoclonal? (laughs) There isn't one, right? So you can't judge it. You have to just collect the data and then figure it out. Well, they didn't do that. So we don't know whether any of these deaths were related. And we also wonder why they didn't have autopsies. Why didn't the, why wasn't the manufacturer required to find out if, you know, once, um, now look, who among us is going to enroll their newborn on the first day of birth in a clinical trial for an experimental monoclonal biologic? Really? Maybe someone who wears a mask all day. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty insane, but so who, who, going to do that? Probably mothers who are not being educated as to what they're signing up for. Yep. Yep. And, and I, my, I just blew up when I saw this 
And they're like, no, 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 that, that's not a big deal. You know, this kid had, had a lot of issues or whatever. And then two of them were SIDS. And then I was like, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> well, right. isn't exactly. that like sudden death? Like, that's kind of the thing. And and I, I look, I haven't gone through Steve Kirsch's work, but I know there's been a lot of talk about, I mean, kind of revisiting. We've all been, like, since I, I, I grew up, we always thought there was this magical thing called SIDS. And now we really wonder, like, hey, you know, even pre-COVID, you know, what what was causing that? Are we so certain that there is something uh, natural called SIDS that's not uh, induced by man-made inputs? But but at right. least on a trial like this, it is just so such a joke. And and what I'm shocked about these hearings that you're like the only person who watches them that if the public would see them, they would be floored at the callous nature that they treat human life, especially in light of the fact that there's no pandemic. Like, there's no, at least with COVID, they created a bioweapon that was killing people. So, you know, there was a, an urgent need to uh, to deal with it. They didn't deal with it in the right way, but there was an urgent need prima facie. Here, there's no need. And with seniors, it's like, um, I want to get your comment on this. Dr. Stephen Pergam I you, you'll know it was that ASIP or mm-hmm. Verbeck. I forget which committee. Um, he said on the on the f- uh, senior shot for GSK, these were very stable patients, very selected to be healthy, that produce good immune responses, but were really not the ones that have efficacy endpoints that are so necessary for decision making. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and you always wonder when they enroll people into these trials, um, are they really creating a placebo group and a, a drug group that are identical? In this case, um, what we saw in the FDA documents from from the manufacturer was that in some of the some of the ways the data were presented, the people in the the babies in the placebo group were having many more reactions than the babies in the nirsevimab group. So were the sicker children placed into the placebo group? You know, that's, that's an important question. Um, also, when the trials are conducted in many countries, and these were conducted in at least three different um, Eastern European countries that used to be in the Soviet bloc, and South Latin American countries. So there's no one person conducting those trials that is likely to see the data from all the other sub-trials, right? So yeah. if, you, if you only have, you know, one serious side effect here, one serious side effect there, one serious side effect there, nobody maybe puts it together. And by the time the data gets to Pfizer, you know, let's talk about how much this, this drug is worth. So it's probably going to be given, it's supposed to be given to babies zero to eight months of age, preferably the first day of life, if they can convince the hospitals to purchase it and give it. And and that was a big problem for these people at the CDC, both the staff and the members of the committee, because the hospitals don't want to front $500 a dose for this product and then hope they get reimbursed because they may or may not. Um, they're not willing to do it. So then they have to send the mothers back to the doctor's office if they can convince the doctor to front the $500. But the doctor doesn't want it either. So they're desperately trying to figure out how to get the government to pay this and, um, you know, have, have 
every all the hospitals and doctors become aware that they definitely will be reimbursed so that the product will be used. Okay, but so $500 a, a dose if you buy it private if it's the wholesale sorry, the retail price, $400 a dose for the CDC. Half and half, the CDC right now they're putting it in the uh, vaccines for children program. So 50% of the American children born are in that program and 50% are not. Um, Four million babies are born a year in the United States. If you can get this into every baby, uh, four million times $500, you figure it out. It's, <laughs> and it's going to be a, you know, year after year. So it's worth billions of dollars to Pfizer, to many billions, to get this drug approved. And when you ha- have, you know, this tremendous profitability of these products, there is a lot of money available to make these trials yep. have the results that you want. And another way that's done is that all the people conducting the trials in these various countries will not be hired to conduct any more trials unless they give the results that are desired. There is such a moral hazard. And again, it all flows from the, the liability shield that they're not treated like any other company that produces a product that doesn't go in your body. This one that does certainly requires even more liability. Um, you know, one of the things that you, I saw you wrote about, if you could just explain to, to my listeners how they play both sides of the game with these monoclonals, how they use it as a vaccine where it's beneficial and as a drug when it benefits them. Yeah. Um, let me say something before I answer that question. So what you want in any drug or vaccine that gets approved is you have to show that there is no additional all-cause mortality. So the people who got the drug can't be dying at a higher rate than normal people. They're supposed to die at a lower rate if the drug works. And sometimes they die at a lower rate from RSV, you know, that the, this product is supposed to prevent RSV. But many drugs and vaccines have killed people or caused yep. morbidity because they are causing other medical conditions. And so, you, for, for example, there were cholesterol drugs when I was a young doctor that were given out that were lowering cholesterol well, but were killing people from other <laughs> things. And they had to come off the market, but they were used for years. You don't want that to happen again. So any product that shows increased all-cause mortality in its clinical trial should not be licensed, shouldn't be rolled out to the public. FDA should be telling the manufacturer, go back to the drawing board, do more clinical trials, give us more data, tell us really what these babies are dying from, do autopsies, and then we'll see if your product is, is worthwhile. So that's where we should be. Now, going back to the issue of drug versus vaccine, so we have this Vaccines for Children's program and as I said, about the the poorer half of Americans who do not have private insurance are enrolled in this program. So it's for vaccines. <laughs> well, they want to put this product, uh, you know, in there so half the children can get it for free in order to get more people taking it. And the thing is, they have to call it a vaccine to do that. So they are. They also want it in the um, VICP, Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, because that takes away all liability from the manufacturer yep. and from the government, right? And and there's a 75 cent excise tax on the product and that goes into a fund. And you, if your baby is seriously injured or dies and you can prove it, 
which is very hard because we have no data to show what actual problems this new product is causing. But if you can prove that and you go through this special master's court, you may wind up, you know, with a with a, some money at the end. So they w- want to put it in that program because if they call it a drug, it can't go into the vaccine injury compensation program. So for that purpose, they're calling it a vaccine. Um, but for other purposes, for example, if you want to report a side effect, if your baby only got the nirsevimab monoclonal and nothing else, it goes into the drug reporting system. No way. It really is so it yeah. doesn't go in so theirs? No, but if if it's given on the day of birth with the hepatitis B vaccine, then you can't tell which which <laughs> one did it. Then it gets reported into VAERS. So oh, if you give no. it alone, it goes to the drug reporting. But if you give it with a vaccine, oh, it goes to the vaccine. Oh, that is so reporting. brilliant! No, the more I think about it, because no one. I mean, in, in, before COVID, it didn't matter whether it was the drug or the vaccine. No one knew from that. But now, like VAERS has become popular, people know about it. So if I'm that, if I'm these manufacturers, I would want to get it away from theirs, but then still get the liability shield, which looks like they achieved it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I mean, look, it would be funny if it weren't human life. And, and and look, I mean, you didn't hear the beginning of the show, but I've just been mentioning the fact that this is worse than abortion. This is a forced abortion. No one goes in for an abortion thinking it will save the baby. If you're going in for that, you know exactly what it's doing. Here, every pregnant woman at their OBG, every pediatrician, they're going to say, this is going to save your baby. And there's so many problems. It, it, it just shocks me. Um, you know, there's so much more to talk about. We're out of time, but I would be remiss if I didn't just, you know, I want people to help if they can with your legal issues here. So again, Folks, look at this powerful juxtaposition. As they force on you dangerous products that prima facie are not needed and have issues, they want to hit up doctors and take away their licenses for saving people during COVID. By the way, before they even had their crappy products, before there was any treatment, and and the alternative option was nothing. Uh, You didn't have the stupid Paxlovid. Uh, and and doctors like Dr. Merrill Nass were treating patients. Could you could you just um, give us a brief overview of where things stand? If there's any way people could help you with your your struggle, or is it being covered? So um, yeah, I'm so I'm fighting my medical board, which immediately suspended my license 18 months ago <clears throat> for treating patients with early treatments, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin in particular for for COVID before they had to go to the hospital, and uh, for spreading misinformation. Now, um, you know, we've pointed out that spreading misinformation is protected speech uh, through the First Amendment, and so the board was hoping I would simply surrender my license and walk away. But I was working with Children's Health Defense, and they offered to fund my defense. So I have been fighting the board. I've had a hearing six days there's only one more to go, which will be the closing arguments. All the witnesses have, have finished their testimony. And um, then the board that unanimously voted twice to convict me of uh, being guilty of misinformation and uh, whatever um, will have a chance to vote again, whether to revoke my medical license permanently. Um, so if people will donate, please donate to Children's Health Defense and say it's for the defense of, of me, mm-hmm. um, because we would like to have enough money in the coffers to 
sue the medical board if possible. So that is what we are hoping to do, um, and we would really appreciate help with that. Um, I mean, the other thing was it wasn't really about me. I was a poster child to chill the speech and the treatment uh, options for other doctors throughout the United States because my case was blasted through the national news. So doctors were shown, look, if you think you can treat patients early for COVID or you want to criticize the vaccine or criticize the yeah. way the federal government is handling COVID, it's you too can lose your Up is down and down yeah. is up. The people giving the COVID shots at this point should should lose their licenses. It's, it's, it's a world I could have never thought of a time where they would put poison upon us and then, you know, treat, you know, things that save lives as poison. Up is down, down is up. Um, we're out of time, but I appreciate everything you're doing. Again, doortofreedom.org is the new uh, organization to fight the WHO, um, you know, public health Nazis, as well as Dr. Mer- Merrill Nass's Substack. It's a must read. Um, thanks for joining us. We are out of time. Email me, Daniel Hurwitz at starmail.com. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening. We are at a tipping point in America. With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. Chosen will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson-Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at Prestonwood.org slash chosen. 